what thing that we can um, make about something heavenly, God. And so I just looked up Tara to you, God, and pray that, um, God, that, that she would be like what CJ said, God, that she would be a message, God, that is being sent. Um, and that she would know the contents of that message, but she would just be able to, to explain it and to, uh, to just to give this to the, the students, God. Pray that you would open up their hearts, God, give them ears to hear and eyes to see what it is that you're trying to do in their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, y'all check out that new sick logo on the screen behind me. Where? I know. Wink, wink. That's a whole lot uh, of nothing. We're starting a new series tonight. What you call me? Whole lot of nothing. I thought you Oh man, I'm in trouble tonight. I can already feel it. All right, check it out. Everyone say legend. So we're gonna spend the next few weeks talking about this idea of legend. And legend, or legendary, as I like to call it, is this idea of being something, being a part of something bigger than yourself. It's this idea that maybe your life on this tiny blue dot we call earth means something. Maybe there's more to our everyday lives than what we actually see at face value. And those of you who are into superheroes could sit around and talk for hours about the plot lines and the twists. But here's the thing. Kids, listen. Students, the more you guys talk, the more my ADD kicks in, which I don't even have, but then it's like squirrel and it's game over. Work with me, okay? Work with me. I'm actually trying to be quick tonight. Everyone say amen. Amen. That was rude. (laughs) Um, It's this idea of like every legendary person who has ever lived, whether it's a superhero, shout out to the Superman shirt in the audience, you win the participant of the night right there. We ain't got nothing for you, but you win. Whether it's a superhero or a Bible story like David, or Daniel. It's this idea that people who are legends, people who have broken Olympic records, or or people who have done the inconceivable or the impossible, it's this concept that they were a part of something bigger than themselves. But it's also this idea that their lives were broken and jacked up. See, they had flaws, they had weaknesses. They had imperfections, just like you and I. And I think what happens is we read the stories in the Bible, and like we're like, yeah, man, that's cool that David killed Goliath, but man, I'm not a homeboy with God like that. Like David had a VIP, you know, was on God's like favorite list. But see, what you don't know, probably, is all of David's failure. Because yes, David killed a giant, but also David cheated on his wife. And then he had the the lady's husband killed. Like, see, that's what sin does. It gets messy. And you got to keep making mistake after mistake to cover your tail. But what if our lives actually meant more than what we could see at face value? That's what we're going to spend the next three weeks talking about. And legend is this. Know the author. Know the story. Know your part. Tonight we're talking about knowing the author. Because knowing your part is useless unless you know the story. And you cannot fully know the story because the thing is, knowing the author helps you understand the story. See, you can never know your part if you don't understand the story and you're not going to fully understand the story if you don't know who the author 
is. And so tonight we're going to break down who the author is. Man, as a kid, I loved reading books. Loved it. Me and my sister were in like the summer reading program for the library. They had like a contest, see who could read the most books. And man, me and my sister, we were competing. And we would bring home stacks of books every week from the library. Now as a child, here's my top three favorite books. You ready? How to Eat Fried Worms, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in the Bible. I just summed up everything you need to know about me in those three book titles. <laughs> Fried food, chocolate, and Jesus, okay? And I love those books. Those books shaped me, literally and physically, pun intended, as a child. Because I could not read Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory without having some chocolate, right? Anyone else in here? Okay, there's five of us. Congratulations to the rest of you celery stick munchers. But I had to eat chocolate every time I read the book because it's like I'm reading a book and I can just, I can just smell it. And then I won a chocolate smelling frisbee for a fundraiser at school. That just took it to a whole new level. But I loved reading books. I loved reading books as a kid. But in all seriousness, Why does it matter that we know the author? Here's why it matters. You have to know who the author of the story is because there are going to be chapters in your story that you do not understand. And when you don't understand what's being written, you can always fall back on who the heart of the author is. Why does it matter that you and I know who the author of our story is? Because there are going to be chapters in your story that you do not like, that you do not understand. But if you know who the author is, you can fall back on that. And you can say, I know that my God is for me and not against me. I know that God has good plans for my life. I know that God loves me. I know that God will forgive me if I just turn and, and, and walk away from this sin. I know that God is always listening to my prayer, whether he answered this one the way I wanted him to or not. See, when you know the author, you can fall back on who he is. You can fall back on the heart of that When you're in the chapters that don't make sense. But when you don't understand who the author is, you'll never make it through the crappy parts of your story. That's why some of you, as soon as something happens, someone dies, someone gets cancer, someone gets divorced, someone goes to jail, you trip out. We read about it in the newspaper. House of Faith kids who trip out and do the wrong thing because the thing is, is they don't know who the author is. Because when you know who the author is, you can trust their heart. That's why it matters that you know who the author is. We're going to spend a few minutes today talking about a wee little man. I want you guys to check out this video. <laughs> you guys are going to love this. I, I can, man, I can already tell. I'm so excited. Yes. Can we crank that bad boy? the full experience. Look at that! 
Amen. All right. So <laughs> we're going to recap. I'm actually. Everyone say, shh. Wow. Who knew House of Faith students would get excited about puppets? All right. Everyone say, shh. For real, for real. Short, short Bible story. It's found in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to read it. We're going to recap it. We're going to be done. You ready? Stay with me. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Everyone say, passing through. Passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. He was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But being a short man, or what we would otherwise call a wee little man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him. A, a sycamore fig tree, I'm sorry, to see Jesus, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Oh, you a short, homie. He does it. He says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Everyone said, Ooh. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. The Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. So here's a recap of who Zacchaeus was. Chief tax collector. Back in Bible times, nobody liked tax collectors. I think still today, nobody really likes tax collectors, right? Tax season rolls around and everyone's angry, like, then as soon as that return hits on me, it's like, woo! <laughs> Everyone rolling on some 22-inch ribs, you eating Golden Corral four nights in a row, like, you living that life. Now, that life only lasts two weeks, but you living that life. You stuck up for the whole year on that tax return. Nobody liked tax collectors. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. He was a thief because as a tax collector, he could, he could up the price, if you will. And instead of being like, excuse me, of a, you owe me 75 cents today for your tax, he could be like, hey, Eva, wow, inflation, taxes are going to be $1.75. And by law, she would have to pay that. So Zacchaeus wasn't liked by people. In fact, he was hated by most. He was incredibly wealthy. He's a moderate tree climber, curious fellow. He was a sinner. Obviously wasn't afraid of crowds. Had no legs, according to the video. Don't know how he climbed that tree. Shout out to the puppet ministries. Confusing everyone for the last 20 years. But Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. He had a low social status. Like maybe had five followers on his Instagram, maybe. And so here's the recap. You've got a wee little man by the name of Zacchaeus in a tree. And the Bible says that he simply wanted to see who Jesus was. Now I'm going to time out right here. I'm thinking if you're loaded, if you've got wealthy, or if you've got riches, you're wealthy. 
You got power. You a chief tax collector. You can rip people off and, and nobody can do anything about it. Why are you climbing a tree to see who Jesus is? You, you seemingly have everything right. Well, I think because Zacchaeus knew something was missing. Because, see, Jesus offers something to you and I that all the money in the world can't buy. Jesus offers something to you and I that all of the, the wealth and the power and the social status can't give us. Zacchaeus knew something was missing. So he climbs a tree. Now I find it absolutely fascinating that it says that when Jesus came to that spot, he looked up. Was Jesus an avid bird watcher? Did Jesus like to notice trees? Oh, yes. To your left, you have a West Texas mesquite tree. Short enough for we little people to climb. I mean, how did Jesus know? Did Jesus walk through town like this? Uh, just but <laughs> It says that Jesus was surrounded by a crowd. And when there's a crowd, people be pressing in, man. Like, they stink. If you're going to be in a crowd, at least put on some extra deodorant. you got all these cats around. They're all surrounding Jesus. They're all trying to get to him. They're all looking for a handout, a hamburger, a $5 bill, a high five, a selfie, a healing, a new shirt, you name it. They're all looking for something, and they're pressing in around Jesus. And it says that as soon as Jesus got to the tree where Zacchaeus was, he looked at him and said, Zacchaeus, come down. Today I'm going to your crib. And Zacchaeus gladly accepted him. Gladly. Had that been me, I would have been like, you know, Lord, that's really not a good day. I mean, I was like really sick this morning, sneezing my head off. There's germs all over. Uh, you know, like, but Zacchaeus is like, no, come on, that's cool. See, Zacchaeus wanted to know who Jesus was. Because Zacchaeus knew there was more to his story. So he did the unthinkable. He climbed the tree. And it's fascinating that after spending time with Jesus, Zacchaeus was a different man. It would have been enough for Zacchaeus to just repent. You know? Like, it would have just been enough to say, man, Jesus, I'm sorry. The old has gone, the new has come. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. I am a new creation. Anyone want to come over for chicken dinner? (laughs) But he didn't do that. What Zacchaeus said is whoever... I have robbed. I will pay back. Not twice. Not three times. But I will pay them back four times what I took from them. See, when you know the author of your story, it changes everything about how you live. It didn't say that Zacchaeus climbed a tree so that he could turn his life around and do things different. It didn't say that Zacchaeus climbed a tree so that he could be forgiven of his stupid stuff he'd done. It didn't say that Zacchaeus climbed a tree to avoid the crowd. It said that Zacchaeus climbed the tree to see who Jesus was. Because when you know the author of the story, you understand the story. And when you understand the story, you embrace your part of the story. It was simple. 
And everything about Zacchaeus from that day forward changed. The crowd gasped. He's going to the house of a sinner? Jesus? Jesus is going to Zacchaeus' house? Yeah. Because that's what Jesus does. That's who Jesus is. He hangs out with the lowly, with the meek, with the humble. He hangs out with the outcasts. The kids at school that get made fun of, that sit by lunch with themselves, Jesus loves them. And he cares about them. The, the ones who can't quit their ridiculous sin and who are addicted to whatever they're doing, Jesus loves them. Because he says at the end of the story, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Translation, he's talking about us. Not just Zacchaeus. Because see, you and I are just like Zacchaeus. Our sin just looks different. It just looks different. Everything changed about Zacchaeus after he encountered Jesus. You are not the author of your story. Your parents or your significant other are not the author of your story. Your haters are not the author of your story. Only God is the author of your story. Only God. And he writes the absolute best stories. He could have passed on by that day. He could have left Zacchaeus. But see, he loved Zacchaeus enough that he had to stop. And he spent time with them. You are not the author of your story. You have decisions and choices every single day. You guys have a lot of power to affect the trajectory of your life. How your life turns out is entirely upon you. It has nothing to do with your daddy who walked out on you. It has nothing to do with your mama who keeps nagging you. It has everything to do with the choices that you make and who you trust to run your life. And I'm telling you, only Jesus Christ is the author of your story. Everything else, fiction. You know what fiction is, right? But I hate to break it to you, but Willie Wonka in a chocolate factory, straight up fiction, man. For 37 years, I've been looking for that golden ticket. It does not exist. Fiction means not true, not real. So when you try to write your own story, it's nothing but fiction. And it goes nowhere. When you understand who God is, you can begin to live a legendary life. A life that is far bigger and better than anything you could ever hope for or imagine. There's a movie apparently called Steel Man. It's like the Superman thing. I don't know. So I'm just going to read you what I copy and pasted from Google, okay? Because I don't understand it to really like put it in my own words. So here goes the awkward part of the sermon, okay? Or speech as you guys call it. <coughs> With the imminent destruction of Krypton, their home planet, Jor-El... And his wife seek to preserve their race by sending their infant son to Earth. The child's spacecraft lands at the farm of Jonathan and Martha Kent, who name him Clark and raise him as their own son. Though his extraordinary abilities have led to the adult Clark living on the fringe of society, he finds he must become a hero to save those he loves. From a dire threat. I want you guys to check out this movie clip and then we'll be done. I didn't say that. My family's been 
farming for five generations. Your family, not mine. I don't know why I'm listening to you. You're not my dad. You're just some guy who found me in a field. Clark! father who would give up everything. A father who would give up everything. See, this so closely parallels our story. This is why it matters that you know who the author is. Because when you understand who the author is, you understand how the story plays out. And you know, at House of Faith, we tell you guys a lot about who God is. And we're going to keep telling you as long as the Lord gives us opportunity. We're not trying to be repetitive or redundant, but your life hangs in a balance. And you can spend your entire life hanging upon a lie that you can get right with God tomorrow. That what you do today doesn't matter. That tomorrow there will be an opportunity to tell God you're sorry and do the right thing. But see, you don't know that. You don't know that. We're not promised tomorrow. Do you know who Jesus is? 
Do you know who God the Father is? That He would give up His one and only Son to pay the penalty for our sin. To stand in a gap for us. To pray for us. To love us when we didn't deserve love. To give us another chance because every time you and I do the wrong thing, God always gives us another chance to do the right thing. But see, majority of us walk around thinking that God is some punk because he mirrors our earthly dads who walked out on us or who didn't protect us or who didn't take care of us. And so we walk around with this chip on our shoulder flipping off God. You guys come in the house of faith cussing. Man, I'm so tired of every Monday night telling y'all to quit cussing. Because see, when you walk in the house of faith and you're cussing, you know what that tells me? You have no idea who your author is. You have no idea who God the Father is. That He is incredibly powerful. He could literally wipe us out in a split second if He so chose to do so. But when you and I author our own story, here's how we write it God's a jerk, God's a disappointment, God's a letdown. God has all these rules, He's a loser. God doesn't know what, he was, what he's doing. And you and I spend our entire lives believing a lie about who the author of our story is. And it's moving to watch that clip. It's moving to watch that dad stand in and save his entire family. Not once did he think about himself. He thought about everyone else. And that is how God the Father is. He is always thinking about you and doing what's best for you and looking out for you and fighting for you. And it says that every single day Jesus prays for you and I and every single day He gives us opportunities to do the right thing. And every single day He loves us even when we act like punks. And every single day He's just sitting there waiting for us to tell Him about our day. But we miss it. Because we have no idea who He is. Incredibly powerful. That with his very mouth, he spoke the world into existence. I love going to SeaWorld. I love the killer whales. It's my favorite thing. I absolutely love sitting in the splash zone. Because here's the thing. Those animals are incredible. They're incredibly big and powerful. Like, man, if that thing could do a backflip, I could do one in the pool this summer at House of Faith Camp. I've been working on it for 10 years. I'm getting close. Don't worry. Maybe this summer will be the summer. But I'm, I'm awed by the power of these killer whales. I'm amazed at the smooth, rubber-like skin of a dolphin. I'm, I'm fascinated by a sloth. And it's just so ugly. It's cute. You know? I, I'm fascinated by it. There's these flowers that pop up in my yard every night. Maybe you have them. They're yellow. And then like the pitch black of night, it kind of looks like a bunch of Whataburger wrappers. Like, <laughs> someone dropped something off for me. It's like, burger! My front yard is growing burgers! And I'm like, no, it's a flower. But it's incredible. I'm amazed at the way a butterfly starts off as this ugly, fat little worm and goes into this like little silky sleeping bag for I don't know how long. And then out comes out this really beautiful winged creature. And in mountains. 
in the oceans, in the way the sand fills between your toes. And the Bible says in Psalms that God has so many good thoughts about you and I, if we were to count them all, it would outnumber the grains of sand. That's mind-blowing. I'm fascinated by the fact that our planet is one of, I'm not sure how many, it's been a long time since I've been in school, but there's like lots of planets, and we're on one planet, and we are held in perfect orbit around the sun, which is not a cute ball full of yellow wax crayon. It's actually a raging ball of fire. And if our planet were one incubator closer to the sun, we'd burn alive, and it'd be the biggest bonfire s'more party ever. But you know who holds us in perfect orbit? God. The same God who knits babies together in our mother's womb. The same God who answers prayer. The same God who's praying for you and I. The same God who is healing sick people. The same God who is creating animals and plants and flowers. The same God who is crafting the most perfect sunrise and beautiful sunset. The same God who, who is creating the DNA genetic code of every human on the planet. And there's billions of people. And out of the billions of people, no same two people have the same fingerprint. That same God gave everything for you and I. Absolutely everything. He left it all on the line. And when you know that, it changes how you live your life. It changes. Living a legendary life starts with knowing who the author is. It says this in Hebrews 12 too, and then we're going to pray. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Endured the cross. They pulled a hair out of his face. They mocked him. They spat on him. The cross was not a quick one and done shot to the head death. It was a slow, agonizing Hours long death. They make fun of him. The same people who Jesus healed, the same people who Jesus blessed, the same people who Jesus loved, those same people turned their backs on Jesus and they made fun of him. And they took the cat of nine tails, which was a leather ball with bone fragments sticking out of it that had spikes, and they threw it against his back. And the sharp points would dig into his back and it ripped the flesh off of his back. You know who the joy, it says, the joy set before him endured the cross? Do you know what that's saying? Let me break it down for you. Jesus saw you and I ahead of him, and because of that, he carried through with the cross. We were the joy set before him. And yet, you and I don't trust the author of our story. We think that somehow he's got it wrong. Right? So, like, here's, here's the deal. At the end of every day, you are not God and you will never be God. You will never outwit God. You will never outsmart God. You will never outplant God. You will never outcreate God. He does all things well. And I'm telling you, you can trust him for your life. When you know who the author is, you understand the story. And then you can embrace your part in the story. 
God created you and I to live legendary lives. But the question tonight is this. Will you trust the author who's writing the story? Only you can decide that. I can't choose for you. Will you trust the one who is writing your story? Can't trust someone you don't know. We can tell you all day long, but until you guys embrace that as your own, you won't live a legendary life. And our prayer for you, our hope for you, is that you will live legendary lives. That you'll be the world changers and history makers. That you'll be the ones who are different. Would you pray for me? God, thank you for tonight. And a real reminder about who you are. God, that you are incredible. You are beautiful and you are powerful and you are strong and you are mighty. And God, you do all things well. God, you do all things well. You always go above and beyond. And Jesus, because you saw us, you saw our lives and you saw our little stories, you endured the cross for me. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for taking my cross, for taking my shame, my sin, my guilt, my punishment, my payment. Thank you for taking that for me. And God, thank you for writing my story. God, thank you that you write really good stories. God, help us to trust you. Help us to know who the author truly is. God, help us to live in all things. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.